Jeff, if we haven't met yet, and I know we always have people visiting on Christmas Eve, and we're just delighted to have you here with us to celebrate. It's a special, special celebration for the church. And I, I'm probably going to do this wrong this evening. I think I was trained, you know, you start in the shallow waters, and then you move your way into the deep end. <laughs> but we're going to start in the deep end, and we're going to move towards the kiddie pool, if you will. It's kind of because that's what John does. We've been in a series called Connecting the Dots. We spent a lot of time in the Gospel of John. And I, and verses, if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, verses we've read kind of over and over the last four weeks. I'm just going to read them again. John begins in very deep waters in his Gospel. If you haven't been to church for a while or this, exploring some things on Christmas Eve, I want to encourage you. You're not here by accident. We're going to talk about Jesus, look at Jesus. I hope you encounter Jesus, and I want you to go with a curiosity and a hunger to know more about him. Maybe over the next 21 days, you pick up the Gospel of John, and you just read one chapter a day, and you get to know this king who entered the world as a baby on Christmas, as a human. John begins his gospel telling the story, the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see, Jesus has always been, but he enters into humanity in this way on Christmas. He was in the beginning with God, the Father, and the Spirit. All things came into being by him. Jesus was there at creation, creating, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And I love this verse. In him was life. In him was life. And the life was the light of, you could say, humanity. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness, you could say, did not comprehend it or, or could not overcome it. The light was too strong. That's how John begins. They were in deep waters talking about the mystery of the Trinity. We've been talking about on Sunday mornings, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then John moves on. He, he has a, a prayer he records in John chapter 17, a prayer Jesus gave. Jesus ends his prayer with these, these words. Again, we've read these on Sunday morning, and we're in the depths here, the depths of theology. Jesus prays, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am. I shared this a few weeks ago. It's worth repeating Jesus wants us to be with him where he is. That's why he enters into our story to bring us with him. So that they may see my glory, which you have given me. We talked about the glory this morning. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. A few weeks ago, I raised the question, what was God, what was, what was God doing before he created? Well, this verse tells us he was living out love. A dance of love. The Father and the Son through the Spirit were loving each other, a community of love. Verse 25, O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them. And I am. God is inviting us into this eternal community of love. Again, we could spend more time on that. We're not. I just wanted to start in the deep waters. 
But John didn't just write a gospel. He also wrote a few short letters that he sent to churches. John is the apostle who lived the longest. He had the most time to think and teach and reflect. And so John is able in very, very simple ways to summarize this deep theology. So we'll move to the shallow. In John's first letter, 1 John, we'll pick up in chapter 4, verse 16. He says this, We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. And then John gives us this gift. How do you summarize the essence of God? How do you, how do you wade through the deep waters of theology? John does it this way. He says, God is. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us, that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in the world. And then the two verses we'll kind of stick with and reflect upon just for a few minutes. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, because perfect love casts out fear. We're going to end with that thought. Because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. (laughs) But we'll run with this verse before we get there. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. All right, so we started deep. We've gone to the shallows. Now I want to go to the baby pool. I'm going to give you a metaphor. I know we have some kids in here. Kids, maybe you can tune into this part. I'm going to read just a few pages from a book I used to read. Actually, my wife read more often than I did this particular book to our son. He's 14 now. Haven't read this to you for a while, Jay. I love this book. Kids, you can hear it. Parents, grandparents, adults, hear this as a metaphor. It's a book called I Love You, Stinky Face. And you got a mom and a son, and what the son is doing is he's wondering, I think with a bit of fear and trepidation, is there a world where my mom doesn't love me? Is there a scenario out there where something goes wrong with me and my mom's love runs dry? So mom begins... Mama said, I love you, my wonderful child. But I had a question. How far does this love reach, Mom? What if I was a big, scary ape? Would you still love me then? If you were a big, scary ape, I would make your birthday cake out of bananas, and I would tell you, I love you, my big, scary ape. (laughs) Or my favorite page. But Mama, but Mama, what if I were a super smelly skunk, and I smelled so bad that my name was Stinky Face? Could your love stretch even into that scenario? Well, then I'd plunk you in a bubble bath. But if you still smelled stinky, I wouldn't mind. I'd whisper in your ear, I love you, stinky face. Or the last one. There's a few more. But mama, but mama, what if I were a one-eyed monster? Well, then I would look right into your one eye and say, I love you. And I would sing to you until your one droopy eyelid finally closed and you fell fast asleep. And the book ends with the child saying, oh, I love you, mama. (laughs) It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. We love because we've been loved first. 
because perfect love has driven out all our fears. And we've learned about this God who has always been this eternal community of love, has so much love to give that he entered into our broken mess as a child on Christmas (laughs) to share his love with us. We love because he first loved us. And what we've been saying throughout this series is that God has always been this community of love. The universe exists as the outflow, the overflow of God's love. This love of God for us is not a theory. And we see it, we experience it maybe in the two most likely forms of incarnation as we experience in the biblical story. The first is creation itself. Creation is God's infinite love expressed in matter and energy. Why is there something instead of nothing? The only real satisfying answer I have ever found is that there's a God. (laughs) And why did God create? Well, God is love and love seeks expression. God is so filled with love. He wants to, he's bursting. He wants to express his love And so we're told in Genesis, he begins the story that we know of by saying, let there be. Let there be light. (laughs) Well, what is light? Light is God's love in the form of photons. What is a tree? It's God's love growing in your backyard. Go home and hug it. What is a whale? 50 tons of the love of God swimming in the ocean. What is a duck-billed platypus? Nothing more than the laughter of the love of God expressed as a mammal. The universe is a testament to the fact that God wants to share life and love with more than just the community of his own self. And the Bible tells us a story, invites us into a story that tells us there's a person at the center of this whole thing we call creation. And the moment you know that you're in touch with the meaning of the universe is when you experience love from another or when you share love with another. And that's just a shadow. That's just a a signpost pointing us to the one who started it all, the one from which all of life and love flows, the one who said, let there be God himself. John, spending years and years teaching and meditating on who is this God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he's fine just saying, God is love. God is love. And of course, it's Christmas. We talk about the incarnation. John begins his gospel, and the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We see the love of God in one human life. It's a life like ours and yet also not like ours. Every breath that Jesus breathed was was an expression of God's love in perfection. Even when he's tortured to death, crucified on the cross for our sins, he expresses love and forgiveness. He fulfills his own teaching to love our enemies. Jesus is the one we are to imitate. If you want to know what love looks like, if you want to know what love is, you look at Jesus. Just, Just get to know him. Stay fixed upon him. Gaze upon him. Read about him. Pray. Talk to him. Get to know Jesus. He'll begin to shape you and form you. You'll learn what love is. You'll learn to love. You'll see it happening. You'll receive it. You'll experience it. You you will love because you will learn. You will know that you are an object of God's great love. Maybe the worst lie the devil tells you is that you are not loved by God. 
that there's some scenario or circumstance out there where God's love runs dry. That's a lie. That's a lie. We can say that's a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> because you are loved by God. God is love. We love because he first loved us. Take this truth and go and live in the knowledge of this and see what happens in your life. It'll change you. you. You can become a person who knows they're unconditionally loved, not based on anything else other than God delights in you because you are his child. You are not a means to an end. You're an end in and of yourself, and God just wants to pour forth his love to you as his child. And if you can accept that, if you can dare to believe that, that at the center of everything is a God who is love and he loves you and he delights in you and his love doesn't run dry, if you can, if you can, if you can accept that, it'll take all the pressure and anxiety off of you and you will find yourself free to love, to be the human being that you were always meant to. So what I want to do, you don't have to do this, but I, I would love to invite you to close your eyes, if you will. Again, if you're visiting and that feels uncomfortable, you don't have to. It's just, I want us to, you know, we've been in the baby pool. I want us to lean into our imagination a little bit. Sarah read the Christmas story for us, and pretty much every Christmas encounter, you have an angel coming and saying, don't be afraid. John tells us, perfect love casts out all fear. What I want you to do to the degree that your imagination can take you there, I want you to gaze at Jesus. Try to imagine in your eyes, as you look into the face of life and love itself, Jesus, the image of God, the perfection, the radiance we talked about this morning of his glory. Look into the face of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our life and our faith, truly God and truly human. And I want you, if you can, this evening, hear him tell you that he loves you. He, he wants you to know that he loves you. And you don't have to be afraid anymore. Look, I know there's lots of stuff going on in our lives and in the world. I invite you, if you will, if, if you dare, I know it's a little risky, but maybe let some of your fears come to the surface of your mind right now. Maybe all of your fears of inadequacy, your fears of failure. Maybe your fears of not being good enough, your fears of what the future may hold, that you may get some dreaded disease or, or you may be left alone. Maybe your fears that you won't measure up, that in the competition called the human race, you'll come in last and be embarrassed. Maybe your fears that somehow God doesn't really love you, that he's distant. Maybe you have fears about money, fears about status and being accepted. You, you're worried about your family, worried about your health and your future. Just let, let, let the fears come to the surface and into your mind. Maybe even allow yourself to feel the weight of it, to, to, to be terrified, to be afraid, to feel the anxiety just for a moment, and then imagine Jesus putting his hand on your Again, maybe you're looking down in shame and he puts his hand gently on your shoulder and you look up again, eye contact. And Jesus says, have no fear. Don't be afraid. Perfect love drives out all fear. 
Jesus says to you, I am love. Let my love wash away your fear. Be filled with my love. So there's no room for your fear. Let my love drive away your fear. Those things that you've been afraid of, I don't need to tell you what they are. You know your fears. But Jesus comes to you right here this evening in the midst of those fears and says, have no fear. Don't be afraid. Let my love set you free. (laughs) Know something of the peace and the joy that I bring into the world. (laughs) Let Jesus raise you above your fear. Let the chains that maybe hold you down just fall to the ground. (laughs) As Jesus says to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus says to you, I am with you always. It's going to be okay. Even if it doesn't seem like it right now or doesn't feel like it right now, I will be with you. And I am going to bring good. Just hang with me. Gaze. Keep your eyes on me. Don't stare into the darkness, but, but, but look at the light. Let the light of life shine into your heart and set you free. Jesus, that's our prayer this evening. We want to be a people who receive your love, who are set free from our fear and our anxiety, set free from our sins and enter into a relationship forgiven by you, emboldened by you, strengthened by you, encouraged by you, enlivened by you. People who truly believe that we are loved to the core of our being, And there's nothing we can do that is going to make your love run dry. Pull that fear away from us now. And we want to say back to you, Jesus, thank you. And we love you too. Amen.